Hi guys. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on gym anxiety with my friend and former personal trainer, Chris. If you haven't listened to it, I would love for you to check it out because Chris shared a lot of really awesome insights. So I thought for today's episode, I would kind of follow from that topic and talk about how I'm going about setting fitness goals while knowing that I still struggle with body image issues. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to go down any disordered eating paths that I have in the past. So I thought that would be a nice follow-up for today based on last week. So let's jump in. Welcome to Your Social Anxiety Bestie, a podcast that shares the truth about what it's like to live with social anxiety and celebrates the messy courage it takes to show up scared in the world. Whether you consider yourself shy, introverted, socially anxious, socially awkward, or your own special mix of some or all of the above, you are welcome here. Through this podcast, my Instagram account, and my Social Anxiety Besties Club on Patreon, my goal is to show you that you aren't alone, that it's not just you, and that it can get easier to just be yourself in the world. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. So before we jump into the actual episode, I wanted to share something really special that happened since the last episode. And that is that I got my first ever voice message from a listener on the podcast, because that's an option. I use Anchor to record the podcast, and they have the option where listeners can submit a voice message anonymously, I think, if they want. This person shared their first name, but I'm not going to share it on the show. And then I can include those voice messages in an episode, which I think is so amazing. And I think if you're on Spotify, if you go down to the bottom of the show notes, there should it should say something like send a voice message to the show or something like that. And if you ever feel like doing that, it completely made my day. It made me cry a little bit. You'll hear it. I'm going to play it for you um, because it just affirmed everything that I'm trying to do. And it reminded me that that it's making a difference. And yeah, it really, really touched me. And then I, I asked the person if it was okay for me to share it. And they said yes. So I'm going to play it for you right now. I don't know. Okay, it is working. I just wanted to thank you for doing this. I'm like almost in tears because um, I really thought I was the only one with this issue. So thank you for this. Like I said, I was just completely blown away and touched. And uh, I played the message for my husband like two times with tears in my eyes. And so to the person who sent that in, if you're listening, I just want you to know how meaningful it was for me. And I wanted to thank you for your courage in doing that. Um, I think it's wonderful. So yeah, feel free anyone to send in messages because you'll make me smile or cry or both. And those are all good outcomes. Okay, well, let's jump into the episode. Okay, I've been trying this new thing and I'm not sure when this episode will air, but hopefully by the time you hear it, I will, be, I will have been showing up consistently for like weeks by the time you hear it. Because I've been trying this whole new thing where it's not super scripted. Not that it was before, but in my head it needed to be, which is why I struggled to show up at all perfectionism. Um, and I've started doing a combination of like mini episodes where I'm just talking into my phone in the moment if I'm out and something happens that I think would be relevant to people who are trying to learn to manage or overcome social anxiety. And then I'm also doing these like audio vlogs 
or I'm taking you along with me, whether it's going for a drive or leading up to a discovery call and then talking about it after. Um, and then I'm also just going to have the main episodes and, and the interviews. So I don't know if this is just a, like a burst of confidence and energy that I'm having and it will evaporate because mental health is kind of unpredictable that way. But for now, it feels good. So I'm making the most of it by talking to you a lot. And then hopefully this will carry on. You know, I'll hopefully I'll get ahead of the game and have enough content saved up. Anyway, I don't know if that's interesting to you. What I wanted to talk about today is not necessarily specifically social anxiety related, but I think it's it could be part of the social anxiety experience for a lot of us. It certainly is for me. And that is it's like body image and fitness goals. Um, so I don't know if this needs a content warning. I am going to be talking about fitness goals and, um, weight a little bit, um, like maybe a little bit of disordered eating, but not, like, I don't think it's going to be too graphic or anything like that. Like I, I just might mention those things as being part of my past. Anyway, that's the content warning. So, um, whether, if that, if that doesn't really feel like the kind of episode for you, that's okay. So basically, body image issues, as far as I understand it, can be very strongly correlated with social anxiety. And I think it makes sense if you think about it, like social anxiety, in a lot of ways, is a, you know, it's the fear of being judged by other people and being found wanting or that there's something secret and shameful and wrong about us that we need to hide um, in some way, sort of. I don't know if that's like too general, but <laughs> I guess in a nutshell, that's how I see social anxiety or my experience of it. So that can lead to like trying to show up in the world in the best light possible, in the most palatable, least rejectable way. Um, like I'm definitely... I'm definitely like that. I, I've thought of myself as a social chameleon or a people pleaser. Um, anyway, so that can pretty easily transfer to wanting to make your body as appealing or as unrejectable as possible. And for me, that has absolutely been the case. I've struggled with my body image and with feeling like there was something wrong or bad or ugly or shameful about my body in general or body's par body parts specifically. I've struggled with that since I was a preteen probably. And it's gotten a bit better, but it's never really gone away. Um, like it's still one of my struggle areas, um, especially with the body changes that came through pregnancy and having a C-section and all that stuff. Um, and just getting older, like I'm 36 now. Um, I don't have the body that I had when I was 26 before kids and I wouldn't, I had time to like exercise as much as I wanted. I could sleep as much as I wanted. Like it sounds great when I talk about it in the past, except that when I was 26, I still hated my body. I still didn't accept it. I still thought it didn't look quite right. Um, at every weight and size and fitness level I've been at, it's never really felt enough or good enough. Um, and I look back at pictures of myself at 26 or at 20 or at 16 or even at 12. And I remember at all those times how I felt about myself, which was quite negative. And I look at myself and I'm like, she was fine. 
she was fine. Like, um, she was a cute, healthy girl. And not that the cuteness or anything like that is the most interesting thing about her, but I would be lying if I said I didn't have those, like, wanting to look nice. Like, but it's just always been a thing for me. I've always wanted to feel pretty. Um, and it's always something that I've never quite felt. I always feel like I'm leaning more towards awkward, frizzy, nerdy, frumpy, <laughs> which I would never say to anybody else or like say that they were unattractive because of those things. This is, this is exclusively a me thing because there is no pleasing my own brain when it comes to my body. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. And, you know, I've always dressed very, very modestly. Um, I struggle to wear anything that's too eye-catching or flashy, or like the other day I wore a different pair of pants to Sobeys for the first time, the grocery store. And that required some preparation mentally being like, okay, I haven't tested these pants out in the world how do I feel about being seen in them? There's not, there was nothing like scandalous about these pants. They were just slightly looser versions of the pants I wear. So anyway, <laughs> all of that to say, it has led to some unhealthy relationships with food and exercise and, and all that stuff. And in the past, I've tried different diets and fitness programs that led me down disordered eating paths. And I did actually get assessed for some disordered eating and I got accepted into an eating disorders program um, with the goal primarily being to be able to work on body image um, because I, yeah, I mean, I think they, I think the terms they used were orthorexia and subjective binge eating which is that you're not objectively consuming um, like a huge amount of calories, but you feel like you are no matter, no matter what, like you just feel out of control, I think around food. Um, take all of this with a grain of salt, by the way, I'm not speaking as a, as a professional. I never am. This is just what I remember from my assessment and what they told me, but that was a few years ago. And then orthorexia, I think was like a preoccupation with eating properly or the right way, which I think probably ties in with my perfectionism, my perfectionistic tendencies. Anyway, I guess I just, I, that was a bit of a long, I just wanted to give some context. So for a couple of years now, I've been trying to find a way to balance wanting to accept my body as it is. Um, I love what's happening with like intuitive eating and body acceptance and body neutrality. And like, I love, I think that's great. And I think it would have been really helpful if that had been around when I was a teenager. Um, Cause growing up in the eighties and nineties, not so great for body image. Um, Abby Sharp, Abby's Kitchen on YouTube. She did a video recently. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes where she talked about like the, I think the nineties feminine ideal and the consequences that that had on so many of us. Anyway. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about the Social Anxiety Besties Club on Patreon, which also includes the Socially Awkward Book Club. 
If the topics discussed on this podcast speak to you, I think you might really enjoy the club because it's a welcoming, safe community of friends who understand what it's like to just want to be able to do all the things that other people seem to do without even needing to think about it, like saying hi to a neighbor or making a phone call to the doctor. If you'd like to find out more, please check out patreon.com slash your social anxiety bestie. The link is also in the show notes. I would love to see you there. All right, back to the show. So I've been trying to come to terms with, is it still okay to have fitness goals? Well, not fitness goals, but like aesthetic appearance based goals. Can you still, can you have that? Is it possible to have that in a healthy way? And I've spent so much time thinking about that and just like looking up, looking for guidance on that. Um, I've talked about it with my husband, Jesse, and his take on it is that it's not so much about what your goal is or what habits you're using to achieve that goal. Like if it's tracking calories, for example, um, that behavior or that habit is basically neutral, but it depends what thoughts and feelings and self-talk are behind it, driving it. So for some people, maybe they can just track calories and it's not triggering for them and it doesn't lead down this obsessive rabbit hole where all they can think about is number, like caloric intake and macros and stuff like that. So maybe for them, calorie tracking or uh, like food tracking would truly just be a tool, an information tool that they could approach neutrally to help them achieve their goals. Um, that's not the case for me though. I really can't. I, if I, I mean, I like to be conscious of what I'm eating. I like to try to eat a balanced diet. I like to be intentional. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't even know what intentional means. It's kind of a buzzword, but I like to, I like to pay attention to what I'm eating and try to get a balance. And I, and you know, but if I download my fitness pal and start tracking, I will not think about anything else. Um, like I'll spend all day Googling recipes and their caloric quantities and macros and trying to come up with this perfect meal plan that is unsustainable and unachievable. And I will burn out and quit within a week or two at most. And it's not healthy for me and it doesn't help me get more fit or, or more functional or any of those things. It's just all around not good for me. So I can't do that. Um, but I do still have goals. I want to be able to have goals. Like for example, um, I used to be able to go for jogs. I can't really anymore because I have like some like hip groin kind of pain. And I, I just recently saw a pelvic health physiotherapist about it. And we're working on strengthening like my, uh, I think they're called hip adductor muscles and just like pelvic floor muscles. Um, by the way, if you're, if you're struggling with like that, like lower back pain or stress incontinence or hip groin pain, anything like that, I super recommend seeing a pelvic health physiotherapist. I think, I think that should be recommended to all mothers postpartum and not even like immediately postpartum. Like my, my youngest is six, almost six. She, I guess she's five and a half. I think she's six cause she's so precocious. 
Um, but it's still helpful for me because these issues are lingering. Um, and she like assessed me for abdominal muscle separation, like diastasis recti or recti, I think it's called. Anyway, that is a tangent. So I have these goals. Like I want to be able to be more active. I can't keep up with my kids because I can't really run <laughs> for very long, like maybe a minute max. And then it like kind of hurts the whole time. Um, so like I, I, I want to do these things and I don't want to, I would be lying if I said I didn't have aesthetic goals. I would like to, I've always liked the way I look more when I have sort of a leaner, more athletic, muscular build. I've never loved my body, but I think I've felt more comfortable in clothes when I was a bit leaner and more muscular. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've been drawn to powerlifting and strength training for, for years now. And I really like that because you know, it's empowering, you feel strong, you go to the gym to lift weight instead of lose weight. And it's low impact compared to like jogging, for example. Um, anyway, so all of that to say, um, my, my trainer today, because my husband and I have a personal trainer that we see twice a week for couples training, which is like a super great bonding exercise, by the way, as a couple, <laughs> I love it. And the whole gym like all the all the trainers and their clients are setting these goals for June 1st. Um, it's April 14th at the time of recording. And it's the typical goals that you would see at the gym for the most part. Like, I want to get my body fat percentage down to 15%. I want to get down to 145 pounds. I want to um, like lose 10 pounds. And then you've also got like the weight training goals. So I want to bench press 145 pounds. I want to deadlift 245 pounds, like there's all those sorts of goals. And in the past, I would have set that kind of goal. I would have been like, and we almost did, like I was talking to my trainer and we were trying to figure out um, the best kind of goal to set because I wanted to participate in this because, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to be involved. Um, and I've been really open with him about how hard it is for me to have goals without triggering disordered behavior. So he's totally aware of that and, and sensitive to it and all that stuff. So we did kind of float the idea of setting a body fat percentage goal. Um, and the logic there is that then it doesn't matter what the weight on the scale is, because it's not really that I want to get my weight down. I just want to feel leaner and stronger and more athletic. So we thought, okay, maybe a body fat percentage goal would be a good goal for someone like me. And I was like, I thought about it a bit more. And I'm like, no, that's still just a number though. And then Jesse was there and he said, well, maybe it would be better to set a habit goal or a behavior goal because that's something you can actually control. Um, you know, like you can want to get your body fat percentage down, but what are the behaviors that you would need to be able to sustain enjoyably to get there? So let's think about that. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So instead of setting a number goal, so it's not like I need to lose 10 pounds, I need to lose 10% body fat, or I need to lift, I don't know, a certain amount on bench press. Um, we set the goal of, I'm going to try to come into the gym four times a week between like every week between now and June to the best of my ability. So twice a week with the trainer, twice a week on my own. Um, the twice a week on my own is going to be really hard because I get really anxious coming by myself to the gym. Um, and like, I just seem to never 
quote unquote, have time, but it's really that I don't like being there by myself and Jesse's not always available. So, but I felt like that was the right way to set a goal when you want to achieve some sort of fitness result, but you're prone to falling back into disordered or obsessive patterns or behaviors or mindsets. So that's what I'm going to try. And I guess I could update you guys, you know, in June or, or even like as we go, is this the right approach? I've never tried this before for a fitness goal. In the past, I did like those 90 day body transformation goals. And I was like, I want to get down to whatever pounds and none of that worked. It just, it just made me feel worse in the end and tired and hungry and defeated and burnt out. And I don't want that. But setting a goal of going to the gym four times a week or working out four times a week, like moving my body four times a week. I chose the gym because like I'm afraid to go to the gym and that's what I want to work on, but it it wouldn't have to be that. Um, That is a behavior that I could do whether it's now or when I get like, as I get older, I like, that's a sustainable behavior. Obviously some weeks won't work. And like, if you're sick, then obviously you don't, whatever, but you know, overall, that's a much more achievable, sustainable goal than I want to lose 10 pounds. Um, yeah, because like, what is 10 pounds anyway, (laughs) when you're, you know, so yeah, um, I just wanted to share that with you. I don't know if body image or fitness goals or anything like that, um, is interesting. I'm kind of getting experimental with what I talk about on here. So I am super open to feedback all the time. Um, my email is Sadie at your social anxiety, bestie.com. And I love hearing from you because it helps me know what you want to hear. Um, and by the way, I found, I found the video that I was talking about with, um, from Abby Sharp. It's called Y2K fashion gave rise to EDs in young teens and it's coming back. So I I will link that in the show notes if you're interested. I found it really, I found it really interesting. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'm testing out a new thing, which is a Google form I created where you can submit any questions, feedback, or topic ideas to the podcast anonymously, as long as I did it properly. If I didn't, I will figure it out and fix it. I love hearing what you think and what areas you need support or encouragement on. So please feel free to check out the link in the show notes. Until next time, remember that there are people who understand what you're going through and who also just want to feel okay in the world and in their own skin. And remember that it's okay to show up scared and show up imperfect because that means you're showing up and you deserve to show up in your life. See you next time. Bye.